If you're a shrewd shopper, it's about to be your favorite time of the year. HyperX will be running massive sales for the holiday season. Get up to 50% off some of our most popular products, like the Ultra Comfy Cloud 2 headset, the tough, responsive Alloy Origins mechanical keyboard, and the fan-favorite Quadcast USB microphone. Sales will be going on at all major e-tailers, but be sure to head to HyperX.com and sign up for the newsletter to get the scoop on the biggest deals. Happy holidays from HyperX. You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Watching Friends. This is Season 3, Episode 14, The One with Phoebe's Ex-Partner. I'm Mark, and it's Nubbin. Uh, nothing. Hi, I'm Ryan. Oh, no. Not one of those look for the hidden meaning podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots of hidden meanings in uh, everything we say. Yeah. That certain people will, who are close to us will listen to and probably be quite upset, and everyone else has no idea what we're talking about. It's the best kind of hidden meaning. Exactly, right. Uh, I think we should jump straight into this episode, unless there's any preamble stuff you want to talk about. Not really. No. We, we did our apology tour uh, last episode, and we should be back on track now with our weekly episodes. I was thinking that I should learn how to play our intro on guitar. Oh, that'd be cool. But that was it. Yeah, we, we could have saved some money on Fiverr if you could have done it for us. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. I was like, why can't I play this? I should learn. And then that was it. Well, yeah, let's get straight into this episode then. Um, you know, this is a, a tough episode as it's the last time Ross and Rachel are a proper couple. It is. We start off outside Central Perk looking at their very cool street sign. Uh, it's open mic night tonight at Central Perk, which is cool. Uh, there's imported coffees and teas. It's a bit strange, maybe. Isn't all of it imported? <laughs> <laughs> I assume so, yeah. I never, I never thought of that, to be honest. Uh, and a fine selection of tea and cake. Very British. Yeah, I'm sold. And we're going to have our first clip as we uh, listen to a nice song. Every time I see your face, I can't help but fall from grace. Wow, this girl's good. Oh, yeah, a song with rhyming words. Ooh, I never thought of that before. <laughs> I like her. Why, because she can sing and play guitar and do both at the same time? Uh, that's pretty much all I'm looking for from these people. <laughs> Look at you, all jealous. Yeah, Phoebes, come on. You two have completely different styles. You know, she's more, you know, and, and you're more. Okay, see, see, everybody else is happy she's done. Okay, my next song's called. Phoebe Buffet, what can I say? I really loved when we were singing partners and I shouldn't have left you that way. So yeah, we enter as a beautiful blonde lady singing and you might actually recognise parts of her voice. Uh, so she's played by Elizabeth Daly, who is better known as the voice of Tommy in Rugrats and Buttercup in Powerpuff Girls. Oh, God, I love some Rugrats and Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's clearly moments of it where I can clearly hear Tommy mm -hmm. come from her voice. And so when I first heard it, I was like, it sounds so familiar. I need to look her up and find out if it, if it is her. Um, but yeah, I, I like the way the guys are all like, oh, you know, you know she's, she's really good. And Phoebe is clearly very jealous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do look at Phoebe's mind. I'm like, everyone else is glad she's done it. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, <laughs> it's so weird. It's amazing. I want to use lines like that in my, in my life <laughs> where you're just like, yeah, no one's uh, agreeing with you there. Yeah, sometimes there are moments in Friends or on TV in general where you can tell that a professional wrote, uh, wrote that writer wrote that line and yeah. you're like, damn, why can't I ever say anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Phoebe seems pretty jealous of this singer uh, because she can sing and play multiple chords at the same time, which is, you know, something you do need to be able to do. Yeah, it, you know what? It's a lot harder when you initially start playing guitar to do that than you think it would be because yeah. you're like, well, I can talk and like, 
do it. But when your brain is trying to remember everything at once, it's actually it's like that pat your head and rub your belly thing. Yes, it's it's more difficult than it looks. It's I think it's why you normally see a lot of bands where they have like the lead singer and then lead guitarist, and then it's more impressive when you see the that combine. Yeah, you can't really get away with that with acoustic though. You got to be able to do both. Yeah, it's like get out of our coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't really shred in something. <laughs> <No. laughs> Uh, I do like Gunther and the other employees bopping their heads in the background to the music. Like it's a, it's a really good song. Yeah, just like how clearly they've like the, to push home the point that that this character uh, is capable at what she her craft. Um, they're like, let's make everybody in the building really visibly enjoy themselves, as yeah. opposed to the weird disinterested kind of frustration of Phoebe's performances. Well, yeah, because she's you know she's an attractive lady who's very good at singing, very good at guitar. The song's fun. Like, yeah, it's a great time. Whereas when Phoebe's doing it, yeah, we love her songs. But they're not the catchiest to listen to. I would phrase this, we like Phoebe's performances. I don't know if I'd call them songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but I like her performances. Uh, yeah, well, I, I do like the way when she plays guitar, like she will pull a string and then she starts singing while that plays out. <laughs> and then before it finishes, she needs to pull another one, right? Uh, Leslie plays a, a new song called Phoebe Buffet What Can I Say I really love when we were singing partners and I shouldn't have left you that way oh no look for the hidden meaning songs <laughs> <laughs> such a great response Phoebe's on fire already yeah. uh, we then have our intro and Leslie wanders over to Phoebe turns out uh, she writes jingles and well until she couldn't come up with anything good and they fired her yeah but I don't do that anymore I, I, I got kind of sick of it and then I couldn't come up with anything good, so they fired me. Mm, bummer. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was just, um, I was just thinking and just hoping that mm, maybe you'd want to get back together. No, but thanks. Oh, oh, come on, Phoebe, would you just think about it? Okay. No, but thanks. <laughs> okay. Uh... See you, Phoebs. Wow, that was kind of brutal. Yeah, so during those lines, you could definitely hear her Rugrats voice coming yeah. through. Uh, yeah, like Phoebe, Phoebe is kind of brutal. You know what? It, it's quite nice to see this, like an edge to Phoebe, though. Oh, well, yeah, it's, I think it's actually quite nice just for anyone because normally people skirt around it to avoid confrontation, but she's like, nope. Just don't want to be friends with you at the end. Yeah, you burnt that bridge. Phoebe's putting her foot down, yep. sticking to her convictions. I do find it weird that she got fired because she couldn't write jingles anymore. Like, yeah, sure, people get writing block and stuff like that, but it feels like you would never not be able to write another jingle again. I just assumed it was always a freelance role where you would just, you know... Yeah, just pop up. Advertiser were like, we need a jingle for this, and you'd, you'd just submit yours, and if they picked it, you'd get hired. I can't imagine, like, an in-house jingle writer. No. Um, although you say jingle and my brain just goes everyone knows it's butters like, <laughs> <laughs> okay just, from, from South yeah, Park it's yeah it's the ultimate jingle you don't need anything else <laughs> uh, so yeah so she wants to get back with Phoebe as music partners but Phoebe is kind of brutal and he doesn't want to so never betray Phoebe I guess yep lesson learned outside the bathroom uh, Chandler is waiting to go in as is Gumpher as the door opens Chandler wonders uh, what took them so long turns out it's a pretty lady who was using the men's bathroom uh, did you notice the the interesting men's and women's signs on the doors? You know what? When I read the show notes after watching the episode, yes. In the what week it's been since I read them and watched it? No, no I don't remember the look. No. Right now. I, I always hate places. And I, I think everyone's like this. When you go to a new bar or restaurant and they have wacky men's and women's signs and you're like, I don't know what this is. Like, you know, amigos and padres. I, I don't know what's men's and what's women's, so tell me. That sounds like friends and priests. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, where do I go? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not a priest, so... Or, especially with like, some of the pictures. Like, they, they might actually be fairly normal pictures, but you're like, is that a man or is that a man with a long skirt? Because the skirt is not obvious enough to show me it's a woman's thing. Yeah. Plus, uh, the world's got really wide hips. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah but but some, some of them don't. No. Some of them just have, like, you know, the, the trousers just have the crotch comes down a bit, bit lower. And, like... I don't think I've seen any weird ones. I dudes and dudettes. I've seen it a few like rock bars. Yeah, that's that's, that's obvious. You got ets in there. Um, I think that button that was fellas and sheilas. I assume that was some kind of Australian. That'd be strong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, there's there's definitely been a few places I've been into um, where the signs have been a bit odd. Where they they would be normally a picture, 
rather than text, but sometimes text as well. And you look at it and you're just like, I don't, I don't understand. Just have gender neutral bathrooms and then we don't need to worry about the signs. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I had to, had to just point that out really. Turns out uh, the lady coming out of the bathroom though is called Ginger. Uh, perhaps a little of an uncomfortable spot chatting to someone just after they've used the bathroom. And as Gumpf is also about to use it, uh, Chandler is oddly confident here. We say this a lot, where all of a sudden Chandler is remotely capable of holding a conversation with a woman. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's because they do such a good job of making him seem like such a hopeless buffoon a lot of the time yeah. that when he's just a base level of competency, we go, ah, oh, got Chandler well done. Yeah. Like our standard for Chandler's interflirting expression is so low that talking yeah, <laughs> is yeah. seen as a win. I mean, he spent the whole evening with Joe Goodacre. Like, well, for, for me, it's just odd because, you know, someone's just come out of the bathroom. They're, they're, everyone always normally feels uncomfortable. They've just come out. Everyone knows what you've been doing. Yep. Uh, might not want to know what you've been doing. But also, Gumpher's just gone on there. And basically, you've got a door separating you between whatever Gumpher's doing in there, whatever noises he's making. Yeah. Uh, while you're trying to chat up pretty lady. Like, it's just a awkward location to talk to someone. Yeah, I feel you, but like, do you want a coffee away from yeah, the bathroom? Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's get out of this area, which is not generally the, the nicest, right? You don't need to stand next to the bathroom. And if she's not interested, she's going to say no. Yeah. So you haven't wasted time either. That's, uh, that's a good point. Uh, everyone is getting ready to leave when Joey spots a woman he knows and clearly didn't call back as he tries to hide behind some coats. Uh, this lady is called Ginger. Oh, no. It, this is one of my favourite Joey moments ever. <laughs> yes, he just, just hides behind the co-rack <laughs> and rotates his way around. And it's so awkwardly stupid that it shouldn't work. It's just the way he's like, oh, that was close. Yeah. <laughs> even though even though, no, she knew you were there, she saw you moving, you didn't hide as well as you thought you did. I don't know if I'm misremembering this, but occasionally there's like a weird, weird like flailing arm gesture from the waist that Ross does where like mm. his hands kind of fan out and I don't know if he does it in this <laughs> scene but that's how my brain remembers it the classic kind of exasperated Ross flair yeah I guess I'll call it I'm like yep it's just Joey's insane I, I just love the way how Joey kind of believes he gets away with things when it's clear to everyone else that he did not yeah why the world humors him maybe it's his pretty face yeah don't know uh, we're at Bloomingdale's and Ross is back at Rachel's desk uh, still a bit insecure what? I can get a quick bite to eat, but then I'm going to have to come back up here. Come on, sweetie. You've had to work late every night for the past two weeks. What is it this time? Actually, it's kind of my fault. I, I quit today. But work comes first. <laughs> oh, hey, but that's sad about you, though. What happened? What happened? Burn out? Burn all out, did ya? No, he's leaving for a better job. Oh, well, that's great. So I guess this is, uh, this is goodbye then, huh? Good. Goodbye. <laughs> Okay, then. Okay. Wow. Well, we're going to miss you around here. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, see you on Saturday. Yeah, you bet. But it's okay, because Mark is leaving. He quit his job. Uh, Ross is so sarcastic here and overjoyed at Mark leaving. Like, just the whole, did you burn out? Burn, burn out. out. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, this is men. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's... It, I kind of get Ross's coming from. He doesn't trust him. And, you know, while he is being massively insecure at the same time, sometimes you do meet people and you're like, I shouldn't trust you. You're clearly after my partner. But, you know, yeah. don't be Ross about it. No. Uh, until it turns out Rachel has seen him Saturday. Damn. Yep. Uh, at Monica's, uh, Phoebe and Monica are using a Ouija board. Uh, did you know uh, this was first released uh, as a kid's game? I did. So... Even now, uh, Hasbro still makes it for kids. Um, but the game is like uh, to ask questions to the spirit world. It's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like people have turned it into this, oh, do not mess with this game. It, like you'll anger the spirits and stuff like that. And it's like, no, they, they did it as a stupid board game where kids are meant to talk to the spirit world and mess around. But maybe it's based on some dark, mysterious magics from ancient past. You say that. Uh, if it does concern you, like it's concerning uh, Ryan right here, uh, Penn and Teller, the magicians, uh, did an episode proving it's fake and basically the influence of people working together to form words. Oh, they're Mark. Yeah. Did, did, so in the episode, what they did was they, they did, it, did it normally and they, they had a word and they spoke to the spirits, right? They then did it again by blindfolding them and, you know, they formed some words again. Uh, they then turned the Ouija board upside down and they did the same exact motions. But obviously, because it's upside down, nothing worked. Yeah. 
where they thought, oh, yeah, you know, it's all working. It's like, no, like, if you turn the board upside down, the spirits will be able to see that and be able to move your hand in the correct position. Would they? That's assuming an awful lot of the competency of the spirits, Mark. But that's the whole point of the board, isn't it? It's the spirits are guiding the piece to, to the letters, aren't they? What that's if, how they're talking. What if the spirits aren't upside down? I don't know. This seems like <laughs> flimsy science. Yeah, no. So basically, too many variables. Basically, you don't have to worry about Ouija boards. They are designed by Hasbro and even marketed right now as a game for kids. Yeah, I don't like that, though. I don't like it when, like, fun, mysterious things I ruined is, it. is illuminated by science. Sometimes I want the mystery. So Phoebe keeps getting beeped by Leslie. Uh, she's persistent, I guess. Uh, Phoebe's was pretty hurt. You know, they were best friends with kids. Joey then arrives. He's looking for Chandler, and this is where he finds out he met a girl called Ginger, the girl he was hiding from. Uh, because he's worried that uh, she would tell Chandler what Joey did, um, what did he do? Well, we get our next clip. Oh man, that's the girl I was hiding from. When she finds out he's my roommate, she's gonna tell him what I did. Why? What did you do? Oh, oh, oh no, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you that. It's like the most awful, horrible thing I've ever done in my whole life. You know what? Don't tell us. We'll just wait till Chandler gets home because it, it'll be more fun that way. All right. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay. It was like four years ago. Okay, Ginger and I had gone out a few times, and then this one weekend, we went up to her dad's cabin. Just me, her, and her annoying little dog, Pepper. Well, that night, I cooked this really romantic dinner. You gave her food poisoning. I wish. <laughs> After dinner, me, her, and Pepper all fell asleep in front of the fire. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I saw that the fire was dying out, so I picked up a log and threw it on. <laughs> Or at least what I thought was a log. Oh my God, you threw Pepper on the fire. I wish. <laughs> See, I guess another thing I probably should have told you about Ginger is that she kind of has a uh, artificial leg. So yeah, Joey can't tell us what the secret is. It's, it's just too horrible. But hey, it'd be more fun learning from Chandler, right? Which I really love as a line. Yeah. It's like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be more fun doing it the, sne the sneaky back way. Damage control now. Uh, we then get the, the long story. Uh, so, yeah, a few years ago, Joey and Ginger went to a cabin along with her dog, Pepper. Good romantic dinner, and then they fell asleep in front of the fire. The fire was dying down, so he picked up a log and threw it on the fire. Turned out it was her fake leg. And after he did that, he ran. I love how Joby tells this story. Like, he, he gives you just enough details to kind of get all the comedy out of, like... Like, it's so well-paced and structured and put together. Yeah. Like, Joey... Maybe Joey should be a writer and not an actor. Well, uh, Joey has the mountain story, doesn't he? He does. So, yeah, he, he could definitely... He can definitely spin a yarn, whether you believe it. But I did like the way there's all, like... Oh, and then you threw the dog on the fire. Like, no, no, that wasn't what I did. Yeah, that's it's worse. much, much worse. <laughs> it's not worse. Throwing the dog on the <laughs> well, fire yeah. is definitely the worst <laughs> yeah, thing. It but, is, right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think we're going to have a quick ad break and we're going to get back after, uh, you know, we found out Jerry's secret. Video Death Loop is the show where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. Come in on any episode. Video Death Loop, new episodes every Friday. HyperX has refined their lightweight Cloud Stinger headset and now proudly presents the evolved Cloud Stinger 2. It still keeps the same rotating ear cups, swivel to mute microphone, and comfort, but now adds two years of premium DTS Headphone X activation. Get even better in game audio and a number of other refinements for the low, low price of $50. Available now at HyperX.com. Explode When Defeated presents something really neat and full of meat. Those children aren't going to protect themselves in a brand new podcast series about everyone's favorite giant reptile. Godzilla? No, we already did that one. Rodan? No, nope, uh, we did that one too. Gorgo? Gamera. We're talking about Gamera. From turtles to medieval samurai golems on our new series, Demolition Die. Only on the HyperX Podcast Network. So we're now outside with Chandler and Ginger and they're getting pretty close to each other. 
Uh, her foot is in the puddle. I guess she just didn't notice, right? <laughs> uh, but it's okay. And this is where Chandler learns about her leg. Uh, should we should we discuss her leg? Is there any discussion to be had there? Um, not massively, really. I, I mean, I guess it's kind of like if if you have a disability, it's entirely up to you when you choose to to divulge that information. Hmm. But I don't think it's really necessary because it doesn't change who you are as a person. No, so, I, I I think sometimes when you look at people now with fake legs on, you're like, oh, that's cool. Before, like it used to be terrible wooden things that didn't really move or join but you look at the like the olympic athletes uh that have like the blades on and stuff you're like that looks really cool yeah you don't you don't look down on them and and a lot of like those athletes in particular like they're better than than me at running yeah <laughs> those, like yeah. They're, they're, they're still peak athletes they're just yeah. you know they just just have a disability yeah um yeah i mean i can't see disability ever putting me off like i don't think it's begun kind of thing where they'd someone would need to worry about telling me because no. I, I'm not going to be like, oh, okay, well, we can't date now because of weird stigma. No, it's just, I mean, it's not who I am. So No, and I, and I guess prosthetics now are, are way better than they used to be. They are not mannequin legs and arms that you used to see, these just like plastic, lumpy, hard things. They are, you know, people can use them and you're like, you would never know. Yeah. That they have them, like, doesn't affect them. And, you know, certainly in this case, like her, her not having a leg for whatever reason, doesn't change anything, right? No, and I can understand why Ginger isn't, you know, immediately like, "Hello, I'm Ginger. I'm, I'm, I only have one leg." Yeah, because it like doesn't, like you said, like it doesn't define her. Her it doesn't define her. It's it's not really a big issue. It, she perfectly functioned in life. It does, you know, it doesn't really inhibit her quality of life all that much. Um, for that character, at least, obviously, people with disabilities may have different experiences, but in this character's example, she's fine. At, at the same time, I can understand why it might take other people uh, a moment to get used to the idea, right? Yeah, because I mean, it is different to the norm. You're going right. Well, you don't have a leg. Like, what does it look like? How do you deal with that? And you know, there's always going to be questions. Yeah, I mean, I think it's complicated because I don't feel like Ginger necessarily owes anyone or Chandler an explanation. But at the same time, I feel like past experience would probably get you to the point where you're like, right, this is gonna, this is gonna be a conversation we're gonna have to have at some point. And from my perspective, I'd rather have that conversation early than wait for it to pop up at any inopportune time yeah like or a more awkward time like i've got a friend who's in a wheelchair and you know there's been moments when like do do i need to push them here are they happy like is it's a slope or whatever and normally you just discuss it normally like hey if you need help just let us know sort of thing uh it's, it's almost like when when jess became a lesbian it's like ryan when when is it okay to talk about <laughs> yeah. this out loud like you tell us when it's okay and i feel like most disabled people are happy to answer questions and talk about it because they know people have questions because you don't deal with it and you being educated is good. Yeah. I mean, what I meant more in, in an intimate encounter, like you okay. know, Chandler's taking her trousers off and the messy pulls, <laughs> the, the leg goes with it type thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's some kind of like some of his rabbit sketch. Um, but yeah, because then, then suddenly you've, there's something you've kept from someone and then yeah. it's a whole, it's a much deeper conversation. They're like, why didn't you tell me? Why should I have to? It's a bit of a surprising thing to have happened. And it's like, well, is that surprise going to get mistaken as judgment? And it's, yeah, I think like being, I mean, as always, it's our catchphrase, honest and open um, would help. But I kind of feel like if you was missing an arm, you would never tell anyone and just enjoy people pulling your arm off and freaking out. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Chana has learned about the leg. And now we're at Ross's and we are in bed with Rachel and Ross. Sounds, sounds hot, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there is Ross there. So uh, now we have to get ready for another Ross causing issues moment. I feel like we need a jingle because he, he's always doing this. Uh, he's bringing up Mark again. Rachel is seeing him at the lecture and this is a problem for Ross. He's getting super clingy now. Uh, he doesn't want her being friends with Mark or seeing him again. But, you know, she, she says like she enjoys hanging out with Mark. They both work in fashion. And, you know, she likes having a friend who she can share those, those things with. Uh, but Ross now wants to come to the lecture because he also likes fashion. And surprisingly, Rachel actually likes this idea. See, this is... I'm torn because I, I can be empathetic enough to Ross to understand that he's insecure about the other person, about, about Mark and how that's an issue for him. Um, but as always... The way Rush chooses to handle the situation is probably the worst possible way. Yes. Um, one, just be honest and be like, look, I really don't trust Mark. And it's not about not trusting you because 
uh, you know, the idea of him disrespecting our relationship upsets me. And I just want you to know that. So if I'm weird about you hanging out with Mark, it's not a reflection of you. It's my insecurity and how I don't trust him. Yeah. And then that might still make Rachel mad. And, uh, you know, fine. Rachel's entitled to her feelings. But I feel like if you just adequately explained it, fine. And then he also annoys me that he has zero actual interest in fashion yeah. and he's only taken an interest to get Mark out of the way. And that annoys me because being a dork and a nerd, there's nothing more exciting than whether it's a friend or a partner, finding someone who shares an interest. And especially, I guess, when it's your partner because of the, the difference in the relationship, when they like something you like or you get to share that with them, it's really fun. You're like, oh my God, I get to do this I, I, I can see the meme in my head now of you showing someone your favorite TV show and you're just staring at them, yeah. hoping that they enjoy every single moment as much as you do. Yeah, but it happens. Like, uh, well, the other week we were talking about TV shows and I was like, oh, best TV show ever, Buffett the Vampire Slayer. And one of the new girls got really excited. Crowd, well, this is more months ago now because it's been time. My memory's terrible. But I had sunburn, basically. But she got so excited that it was also my favourite show. She grabbed my sunburn wrist and waved my arm around, excited <laughs> for five, like five minutes. And I was like, ow, but you get excited. So sharing that with your partner is even more exciting because of the elevated relationship. Um, and it, I just kind of be, be, feel bad for Rachel that he's dishonestly taking an interest in something that she cares so much about. Because, you know, this could be something Rachel's always wanted. She's always, maybe all, she's always wanted to sit and have a conversation about the, the drawbacks of clutch perches, perches, purses with Ross, but never has because he's too busy talking about dinosaurs. Yeah, so for me, the biggest issue is that he doesn't want her being friends with Mark or seeing him again. Now, I, I don't ever get into the kind of toxic culture and cancel culture, stuff like that. But that is a dangerous slope of being like, you cannot see this person, you cannot be friends with them. Because soon it'll be, you can't see any men, you can't be friends with anyone. And then it becomes really dangerous. Yeah. And it's, it's just a horrible thing. Like, and it's, it's tough in a relationship. Sometimes you do agree to stupid stuff to, to keep your partner happy. And, you know, friends are never, never off limits in some relationships, right? And that's, that's really horrible to, for you to be like that. If you're that wide and concerned you should speak to everyone about it or you know, I guess get over yourself and you know understand they are their own person if they are going to cheat on you you can't stop it yeah if it's going to happen it's going to happen like i i remember um a a friend had a had a house they rented out and uh one of one of the guys that moved in there uh, there was already a, a twin bed there and his father took away the twin bed and bought him a single bed because he's like, I do not want anything hap happening with you because they were uh, very uh, religious. And the, the, the thinking was that if there's a twin bed there, that girls could be there and things could happen. But with a single bed, that's not going to happen. Bless them. Yeah, and it's like, well, surely a single bed will make them be closer together, right? But it's, it's that kind of logic and thinking of like, if I stop you doing things, then it won't happen. It's like, no, people will find a way around it. Uh, it might even bring them closer together, you you putting up these barriers. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it's, you know, coercive control and controlling is terrible. And it's one of the yeah. most toxic things you can you can have in a relationship. Um, especially, guys, going back to the 90s where it may not have been taken as seriously as it is now. Um, but yeah, I mean, the idea of dictating to someone, you know, that they can't hang out with a friend, especially when nothing's happened, yeah, isn't right. Ross is definitely out of line here. So we're back at uh, Monica's and Phoebe's is checking out her beeper. Uh, Phoebe's is upset what happened with her and Leslie still. Uh, we then quickly get back to Central Perk where Leslie is singing. And as she hits the chorus, Phoebe's bursts in and joins in for a round of sticky shoes. You know what the saddest part is? is when we were playing together, that was like the most fun I've ever had in like all my lives. <laughs> My favorite shoes, so good to me. I wear them every day. Down at the heel, holes in the toes. Don't care what people say. My feet's best friend pass to the end. With them, I'm one hot chicky. Though late one night, not much light. I stepped in something icky. <laughs> Sticky shoes. It's a 
so, a great song. It is. It, it was so great. You was rocking back and forth to it. Oh, well, <laughs> it reminds me of like, like a friend's version, Tenacious D. Just yep. like fun, spoofy songs that are entertaining. Yeah, that's what they should have done. We, we say this a lot that they should have released Phoebe's songs as actual songs on a CD. Just a comedy album. Yep. Yeah, the uh, Tenacious D is like a, a great analogy. Like, if they'd made them songs and been like, yeah, it's just a comedy album, I think it would have done pretty well. We'd have bought it. Yep. Still would. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like they're, they're all happy and back together now. So, Phoebe was, you know, while, while she's upset at her friend and what her friend did, like, I think there's always going to be something there for people where you kind of miss the old times. Well, I think it, it's Phoebe. She's a very kind, gentle person. So, holding a grudge is probably more energy to Phoebe than just kind of letting it go. And, you know, forgiveness is a choice. It's not, it's not something that kind of happens. You have to choose to do it. Um, and I feel like it's, it's natural for Phoebe to do that. So, so it's not a case of uh, never forgive, never forget. No, I mean, you don't have to forget, but to, to me, holding on to it all is worse than, than letting it go because mm. you're actively choosing to keep that in, you know, the negativity around you. And what does it do? Doesn't, the, the pain's still there. It's not going to go away. So why are you holding on to everything else? Well, sometimes you don't even have to forgive people. You can just move on from it. Yeah, you don't, don't forgive them, but you can forget about it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we then end up at the lecture where Ross is super into the fashion. Or actually, he's super bored. Annoyingly bored. Yep. Uh, just upsetting everyone around him. And yeah, like, this is the worst bit of someone going like, I'm really into this thing. And then they do the thing with you and they do stuff like this. Yep. Uh, we have a mutual friend who l- claims to enjoy Warhammer. Okay. Um, and they would always, always, always ask to come around and watch battles. And we'd be like, sounds boring, but fine. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want to watch battles because it doesn't hold any interest to me. Um, but we'd be mid, you know, we'd get to turn three. And by that point, they're already watching gaming videos on YouTube and trying to chat to us about the news. And we're like, excuse me, I'm trying to fire a cannon at this dwarf's face. And they weren't interested. And it was really frustrating to the point where we just stopped letting them come around because it was like, <laughs> you're killing the mood for us. We're trying to get him absorbed in our nerdy game. And you're chatting to us about, you know, the price of oil. <laughs> So, so, so there's you going, I threw a six and a seven, and then you never guess what he did. He threw a two and a three. Yeah, and, much. And, and, yeah. Then, and then you're getting upset when he's talking to you about oil. Yeah, it's just, so, yeah, you know, no, that's fair. It's, you know, dice games, games are fun. I guess similar, you know, if you were, if you, were, you know, for a more modern context, you're playing D&D or something, and there's this really crucial moment where, you know, you need to roll an armor check or whatever, and then <laughs> your friend just jumps up and goes, did you know that cats can't look up? And you just feel like, what the hell are you talking about? We're in a crucial moment. I feel like there's still half our audience, if not more out there, going like, okay, Warhammer I didn't get, D&D, nope, you're still not more modern yet. Imagine you're trying to sit down and watch Friends, but the person that's over you next to you keeps chatting about politics. There you go. There's your context. There we go. Perfect. That's a great way to bring it back. <laughs> we are not a nerdy podcast. Well, actually, we are quite nerdy. <laughs> Biggest lie we've ever recorded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're at Central Perk, and Phoebes is teaching Leslie her song, Smelly Cat. It made a great song for a kitty litter advert, but no, no jingles for Phoebe. Jingles are bad. Uh, now another song that's sad magician box mix up i wish we could have heard that one yeah i really want i want to see the music video to that song. <laughs> yeah. uh, again at the lecture ross has fallen asleep uh, at least the guy next to him is finding it quite funny i noticed that yeah well you would <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like dudes and plus you look at rachel's face yeah that would be funny watching people get in trouble with their partners is hilarious yeah. no matter what so at Chandler's, Monica is wondering about the date with Ginger. Uh, sounds like she, uh, she's she got the whole package. Uh, yeah, Joey has already told her, and it actually freaked Chandler out. Surprise, surprise. Yep. What doesn't freak Chandler out? No, exactly. Like, he's already got issues with women with big noses or nostrils, and yeah, missing a leg would be something for him, right? Yeah. Uh, at Monica's, Rachel is upset Ross is snoring during the lecture. Uh, 45 minutes talking about strappy back dresses. I guess that doesn't compare to listening about dinosaurs, though, for Rachel. But hey, 100 million people went to see a movie about r- what Ross does. And I kind of think he has a point here. I mean, he does, but I love Rachel's like, you know, listening to Professor Pitstain's talk yeah. about this dinosaur had a bone we didn't know it had. Yeah. And he's like, it's Professor Pitain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the point is, Rachel went to that dorky dinosaur conference earnestly and just didn't enjoy it. Yeah. So you can't be mad at her. Like, no, she, she wasn't there snoring away and everyone's staring at, at them both. And she wasn't there to try and keep Rachel or Ross away from someone else. Yeah. So, you know, if you show someone, especially it's disappointing if your partner doesn't like the, something you're like, oh, I really enjoy this. Will you share it with me? I hate yeah. it. It's disappointing, but, you know, 
I remember the first time Jess saw us playing Warhammer um, at mine, and she took a photo and sent it to her mum and went, oh my god, bought a bunch of dorks. And just started <laughs> taking the mickey out of us. You're like, oh yeah, it would have been nice if Justin, but she wasn't, but... At least she, you know, earnestly gave it a go. Exactly. As opposed to Russ and his weird coercive control manipulations and then snoring. And yeah, Jurassic Park is a great film, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's really related to Russ at all. Like, because it's an entertaining action film. It's not. It's also incorrect. Yeah. Like, that. if anything, Russ would be like, you know, that movie is incorrect. Velociraptors weren't that size. Although you do mention here, The Devil Wears Prada is a great movie. It is. I assume that's fashion related then. You've never seen The Devil Wears Prada. No. It's best on a book. Um, it's got Meryl Streep in it as kind of like the the power bossy bitch fashion lady, and and Hathaway is, starts as like the I'm a serious journalist reporter and looks down on fashion, and then for the course of the movie, you know she slowly understands more about fashion and gets into it. Um, if you haven't watched it, you really should. But there's a great speech where Meryl Streep just burns her entirely and was like, you know, that sweater you think you picked out at random was actually decided by this collection two years ago, and it, she just kind of breaks down how couture fashion and you know like high fashion dictates mainstream fashion and it's just scathing and fantastic so you definitely watch it so it's a shame that ross had not seen it he might have been into a bit of fashion if he had yeah i mean if you know i mean i've mentioned christian Dior before and as a person he was you know great and a boss he was great but there's always i mean i'm a dork so i tend to find an if i find an interesting angle in something i'll tend to get into it and look at me i'm clearly not into fashion (laughs) (laughs) but there are aspects of it i find interesting like, I always look at the Met Gala and see what people wear to the Met Ball. Because oh, it's okay. the Met Ball. Like, who doesn't? Well, you guys don't. I it's don't. annoying. <laughs> I have to text people. It's like, oh my God, have you seen this outfit at the Med Ball? Did you see what Cara Delevingne wore? And then you guys are like, hmm? <laughs> okay, Rachel. Who, what? And I'm like, fine, I'll just text someone else. Don't yeah, I, th- I think you're like Rachel. You need a friend in fashion. I have some. My friend Jazz studies fashion in Amsterdam. Um, so I talked to her about the Met Ball because, you know, she pays attention to the <laughs> world. Well, we're going to have another classic Ross and Rachel argument. You know, if what I do is so lame, then why did you insist on coming with me this morning? How was it so I just wouldn't go with Mark? No. I... I wanted to be with you. I don't know, I feel like lately, I feel like you're slipping away from me, you know, with this new job and all these new people and got this whole other life going on. I, I know it's dumb, but I, I just hate that I'm not a part of it. It's not dumb. But maybe it's okay that you're not a part of it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, I, I like that you're not involved in that part of my life. That's a little clearer. <laughs> Honey, see, it doesn't mean that I don't love you. Because I do. I love you. I love you so much. But my work, it's, it's for me, you know? I'm out there on my own, and I'm doing it. And it's scary, but I love it because it's mine. So, yeah, if Ross found it so lame, why did he go... So she wouldn't be alone with Mark. Like, yeah, she's she's caught him red-handed there. Yeah, essentially. But he could at least have the honesty to admit it, and just be like, partly, I also miss you. Yeah, because he he disagrees and thinks she's slipping away from him, and he's trying to to try a different angle for this of like, don't don't acknowledge the truth because I care for you. Yeah, it's very manipulative and deceitful. Um, and you know, if you like, as the name boy, you could just be honest and said if it just started the whole conversation with "I'll come" because I feel like you're slipping away. Mm. Rachel may have gone well. If you're not actually interested, leave it alone. Because when you listen to Rachel's explanation, it's entirely reasonable. Yes, like she she comes across as the far bigger person in this. Like she explains, like yeah, it's it's fine if you know you're not in every single part of my life. You don't have to be super clingy, Ross. No, I think it's healthy to have a part of your life that your friends or partner aren't involved in. Yeah. Um, it, it can be really helpful and healthy. Like I've, I remember ex-girlfriends being like, oh, Ryan, can I come uh, watch you play ice hockey or can I come to the rink? And sometimes I'd be like, if there's a group going like casually, but not really, I'd, I'd rather you not. And they're like, why am I? It, it's my escape. Like if I'm stressed or having a bad week or whatever, I'll just go skate. And Thinking then, about the trial. <laughs> yeah. well, no, I, would just, I would just go skate and it would be great. And I'm like, you know, weird things like just the sound of my, the blade cutting the ice was relaxing to me. And if I was having, you know, I'd just go for a skate. Yeah. And the idea of going for a skate with someone from my life that was potentially part of that stress would just taint that for I, me. I guess them watching you and you you f- having the fear and why that they're bored and you've got to entertain them, make sure they're okay instead of just being left alone 
don't think it's even that. It was just, no, this is my space. Like, leave it alone. Like, same equivalent of, you know, give me a cup of tea and let me read a comic in the corner. Like, I don't need <laughs> you to be sat next to me reading the comic with me. Like, just go away. Yeah. So, Ross is definitely way too clinging in this, but I hope, I'm hoping that Rachel is getting through to him to reduce his clinginess and be a bit more normal. Uh, later at Chandler's, uh, Ginger has come over for some food, but all Chandler can think about is her leg. Uh, but some making out calms him down. Uh, but it makes her, you know, freak out a little bit. What's that? That's that's my nubbin. <laughs> What's a nubbin? <clears throat> it's kind of a uh, a third nipple kind of thing. Do you have three nipples? Well, you know, two regulars. <clears throat> and uh, one that barely qualifies as a... <laughs> uh, what? Nothing. I, I just remembered I have to leave. You, uh, you, have to, you have to leave now? How come? Uh, well, it's nubbin. Nothing. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm, I'll see you later. So yeah, she finds Chandler's nubbin, a third nipple kind of thing. What a freak, right? I mean, I really like that Ginger has this reaction. Not as a person, but I guess as as a storytelling device. Because it takes this, you know, the whole episode so far is, oh my god, Ginger's only got one leg and how terrible. And no, I mean, she's delicate and must be treated like specially yeah. and wrapped in cotton wool. And no, she's, you know... It kind of dehumanizes her a little bit and makes her all about her disability. Whereas the fact that she's just as shallow and yes. ignorant as other people can be is great. It's, it's nice to see a depiction of, of someone who has a disability and isn't defined by it. She can still be a horrible person, and in this case, she is. Like in the TV show The Inbetweeners, which everyone should watch, is extremely funny. Uh, there's a scene in there where there's a, a kid in a wheelchair, and everyone kind of like treats him like a child, looks after him, and he really enjoys it because uh, he, he likes the attention from the girls and how they're looking after him and stuff. But he's actually a horrible, terrible person. Like, just because he's in a wheelchair doesn't mean he's a, a lovely person. He's still just a horrible person who happens to be in a wheelchair. Yeah. And another character keeps pointing this out and everyone, like, ignores him for it, going, like, no, he's in a wheelchair, leave him alone. It's like, no, but he is a horrible person. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is nice that, you know, Ginger, you know, has probably had a lot of people look at her leg and have a similar reaction, but that doesn't stop her from having the same reaction for something similar yeah it's a nice nice touch on you know side of the writers and i mean you know a nubbin what is that just like a bit of skin yeah well i mean i don't know what it is we haven't seen it but no at the same time again, I, 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 I doubt it's like an exact recreation of another nipple there and even if it was like wouldn't stand out that weirdly when i was saying earlier about how if i was ginger i'd probably let people know before it was discovered in you know that kind of way this is actually what happened with Chandler's nubbin he hasn't mentioned it and it's been discovered in an in this more intimate way, and now all suddenly it's way more uncomfortable than it may have been if you'd just been like, oh, by the way. Because if I was Chandler and I didn't nubbin, you know, once Ginger's told me about her leg, I'd be like, ah, I've got a third nipple. And I would have, you know, it'd been like a, a bonding experience maybe, even if it had freaked her out. I, I guess the way I'm thinking of it is more like a skin tag, like it's just something there. Like So when she's put her hands on his chest, you might go, oh, what's that? That's not the thing I was expecting. But I'm thinking of it as like, oh, it's not, it's no different than people having like a, a mole that's that's grown or whatever. Like, I guess it I depends on nippily the nubbin. Is. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to uh, use that word, didn't you? Well, uh, yeah, the nubbin, <laughs> from a nubbin. Yeah, I mean, is it is it? I mean, he says it barely qualifies as a nipple, but we yeah, we're getting too deep into this mark now. I think no, I think you have to. This is one of his defining character traits is having the third nipple. So I think we need to get deep into it. Do you want like an artist sketch? <laughs> Please send us your sketches of Chandler's nubbin. I, I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, back at Central Perk, Leslie has some news. She plays Smelly Cat at her old ad agency and they loved it. And Phoebe is not happy. Betrayal. Yep. Uh, we then cut to a cat uh, advert with the song on. Poor Phoebe. Now this, this part always bothers me. Phoebe released a song with a music video. So how did this even like happen? Like... My only thoughts is that the song never did actually get released because Phoebe was upset about the, the singer who did the voiceover. Still, I'm sure like someone somewhere must own the rights to that song. Yeah, there'd be some lawyer in some record company or something like going, wait a minute, we yep. own that. Yep. So it, it does bother me like how it's done, but it also shows kind of how terrible Leslie is. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm going to give up my friend to, to make a bit of money 
once. Yeah, it's horrible. It's twice yeah. it's portrayed for you now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a good song. And the advert version is not that good. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's okay. Phoebe has a new song. Uh, Jingle Bitch Screwed Me Over. <laughs> Love it. The Venom when yeah. Phoebe sings that. I, I, yeah, I, I want a full song of that, right? Uh, in the after credits, Chandler has some news. He's had a nubbinectomy. That's a great word. It is. Uh, so we're going to find out a bit more about that. Where are you? <laughs> Where have you been? The doctor. Is everything okay? Oh, yes. Just had me a little nubbinectomy. <laughs> yep. Two nipples, no waiting. Wow. It's like Rachel in high school. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. I was kidding. It was such an obvious joke. That was an obvious joke. And I didn't think of it. Why didn't I think of it? The source of all my powers. <laughs> oh, dear God, what have I done? I'm only doing this once for the both of us. My joke. My joke. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Two nipples, no waiting, just like Rachel in high school. <laughs> Such a good joke. Monica is just like, she is so quick and so evil with it. It's brilliant. Yeah, that, that's one of those jokes that people, like the gang, would remember and talk about years later. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yes. And in times when I mentioned it, you'd be like, nipple. You'd go, oh, I remember it, Monica said this. And you would just bring it up continually. Just like Rachel and Hope. Yeah, like, it's, it's really horrible about Rachel when you think about it. And you know Rachel would absolutely hate it, but she would have to laugh at this because of how much everyone else would laugh at it. Yeah, that's part of the joy of your friends. You know, in, in England, we call it banter. And I know a lot of people get triggered now. Like, it's not banter, it's bullying. But between friends, it's banter. Mm. So, and and you know, Rachel knows there's probably a little bit of truth in it because you know the word play two nipples, no waiting. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you might be like cheeky sod, but yeah. but you'd still find it funny. Yeah, like, yeah. But it's also great. Monica like has a joke like that. Monica never has jokes like that. Yeah, normally we're laughing at Monica rather than with Monica. And and I did like the way they point out like Chandler. You should have done that joke. And he's like, yeah, I should have. Maybe the nipple was a source of my power. <laughs> I mean, it would be worrying. Chandler yeah. is his humour, to be fair. There's, yeah. there's not much there without it a lot of the time. No, and there has been a few times in episodes where his humour does define him. And if he isn't the person making people laugh, like, what does he have? Yeah. It would be like, it'd be like Joey not being able to satisfy a woman. Like, <laughs> which is also in an episode as well, right? <laughs> You know, and Joey had to learn to overcome that. I just did not expect it to go there. I thought you were going to be like, flirt or get a phone number, yeah. but you went, no, it's not satisfied woman. No, because, because that's the, the whole episode with uh, the woman with the baskets. The fruit baskets, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, he's like, what do I do? This is the source of my powers. Like, and then he learned an alternative route. a new way. Yeah. So, yeah, got a, got a feel for, for Chandler and for Rachel in this one. Uh, that ending is, is an absolute killer for the episode. Yep. Um, yeah, before we started this episode, in the, the previous one, I wasn't so sure how I felt about it. Uh, you know, it's another Ross and Rachel, not super heavy episode, but oh, arguments and clinginess and Mark again. Um, but, you know, there there are some moments with, with Ginger, especially Joey has, has some moments in there that make me laugh with hiding from her. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the whole Phoebe... Stuff I, I really like that. It gives us a bit more backstory to Phoebe's life and her friendships and who she used to hang out with. Yeah, I really like the idea that Phoebe's this creative person but creates solely because she enjoys it as yeah. opposed to, let's monetize this. She's yeah. just like, no, I like doing this. And if she has no interest in doing it, you know, for any monetary gain, that's entirely fine. Yeah, and certainly more songs from Phoebe is always great. Yep. I, even just song titles, because I can just imagine them right now. I wonder how much of Jingle Bitch screwed me over they actually wrote. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> there are whole songs scribbled on a script somewhere. Yeah, I think we need, we need to look at see if other people have fan fictioned some of these songs. Yeah. Get, get you to do some singing, some guitar work, right? Jesus. I mean, I can't sound any worse than Phoebe, to be fair. No, no, exactly <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good episode. It was. I mean, good. the end, the punchline at the end with the... the I think that, that, that just seals it, it, yeah. Elevates it a lot, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that's another episode done with and we will be back the week after this uh, with the classic episode. Yeah, it begins. One of the classic episodes. Yeah, the, the next two are very much. The Ross and Rachel relationship saga hits its peak, I guess. Yeah, it, it is. It is It is the Friends moments, I guess. Yes. As much as I like, I take the Rachel. It, it is the Friends moments. 
So definitely tune in for those. Make sure you're subscribed to us on whatever podcast service you found this one on. Uh, you can also help to support us in making this podcast on patreon.com forward slash watching friends where you can chuck us a couple of pounds, a couple of dollars, whatever you want, whatever your local currency is. We take it all. Yep. And, you know, help help us make this because, you know, we, we do spend money on this, spend time on this. And we even give you uh, some bonus content back and, you know, you can chat to us about friends and all sorts of things, right? Uh, so that, that really helps, you know. We appreciate any support there. You can also catch up with us on Facebook and Twitter at uh, Watch Friends Pod, where you can find out when the latest episodes come out. If you decide for some reason you don't want to subscribe, but just subscribe. No, I will add that we understand that Patreon's not an option for everyone. Um, but just taking the time to shoot us a message and get involved and engage with yeah. us means a lot. Like it's always, oh, we've got a message for, and you know, we, we like hearing from you guys and. You know, obviously the Patreon is super helpful from the financial aspect, but we also like the fact that we get to interact with you guys and, you know, we talk to each other a lot about friends. We'd quite like to talk to you guys about it too. And, you know, even if you can't afford Patreon, you can tell a friend. And if every listener did that, we would have four listeners. So (laughs) (laughs) it would be great. Yeah, just you can tell a friend as well. That's, That's free and easy to do. You can just click a button and share a link or whatever or just tell them to come here, right? Uh, you can also check out our website, watchingfriends.com, where there should be a contact form there that I need to get work in. Uh, but you can also find all the podcasts there, nice and easy. Yep. Plus plenty of ways to subscribe as well, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and a million other ways, because we're on loads of services. iTunes? It's like 1986. Oh, sorry. What do we, what do we call it? Apple, Apple, Pod- Apple Podcasts. <laughs> oh, they all change their names constantly. So. They do. Um, but yeah, you can find us in all those sorts of places. Where else can we find you, Ryan? As always, you can find me at gamehype.co.uk for all kind of nerdy gaming shenanigans. Yeah, so if we didn't go into enough nerdy tangents this podcast and you need some more... You know what? My reviews don't really have tangents. <laughs> no, wait. They're all tangent and then at the end you go, oh, well, this game <laughs> was good. Game was fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. And you can also find me at fuzzballs.co where I draw cute little animals with silly jokes that are sometimes friends-inspired and put them on T-shirts, mugs, and other things. And I do little comics and things. Check out my work there. Yep. Uh, I think that's it for another episode. So until next week, it's goodbye from me. Cheerio from me.